Hi, uh, welcome to the Jeans Bond Complex. My name is Matt. My name is Edgar. And I'm Jason Kim. And we are a podcast that covers the entire Jeans Bond phenomenon from filming to film and everything in between. Oh. Oh. <laughs> and um, to today, uh, we are, it's an in-between, it's our Christmas theme special, mm. and it's a, it's a detour. Oh, oh, oh. Christmas detour. Oh, oh, Edgar, uh, you have uh, 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 what's written on your gray shirt? Now I have a, a machine gun. Oh, can you this out a little bit more? Ho, ho, ho. Mm -hmm. Oh, I guess we, that means we're doing um, uh, commando. Close, <laughs> close. Oh, uh, it's not commando. It's eighties. It's eighties. It's eighties. Uh, it stars a big action star. Uh, Sylvester Stallone? Nobody showed up on set. Oh. Uh, it's about, um, it's about a, a young, uh, up-and-coming New York cop who uh, pays a visit to his uh, wife uh, in, uh, where, where, does, where does this stupid movie, a Los Angeles, the city of angels, on Christmas. On Christmas. Yeah. In that means it could only be Lethal Weapon? Oh, no, it's Die Hard. How can we? Yes, yes, thank you. Uh, now, this is a big movie. Uh, it's, it's a Cayman detour. It's, it's also uh, uh, Robert Davi detour. No, El Grand Bush detour. El Grand Bush detour. Uh, we, we had to establish rules since our Halloween special because I kind of broke the mold i feel when i uh you didn't get upset but it was discussed that we, we, yeah we we can't do this anymore because the like friday the 13th was like it's it's it has nothing to do with james bond and I'm, i had yeah. to agree and we 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 have our own rules our own system yeah slightly more stricter system i i thought the telltale sign was when i because i like to schedule tweet that there's a platform called tweet deck it's it's like a different version of Twitter where you can plan uh, tweets. I said, oh, I really like pump the Friday the Thirteenth special. Up. None of the tweets got any likes or any retweets. I was like, Ugh, I don't think this can be. Just yeah, there. it's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, no, I, I don't regret, but oh, it's a uh, good episode. It's a good episode. Back. Oh, that was a good episode. I, I listened. I liked it. Great. I, I like anything horror that you do, Edgar, because you're clearly the. Oh, well, this was his baby, though. This yeah, that's uh, that's actually mine. Uh, I think I, I spoke maybe fifteen percent, but I was enjoying it. You were having such a good no, time explaining I, I, these but, plots. So I was like, but yeah, it, it has nothing to do with James Bond, and I was like, oh yeah, uh, we have, we have, we put rules. We have a rule system. I'm not going to go into the details, but uh, Hard fits in yeah. the 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 rule system that. It's well. The, the interesting thing about this detour is that it in, it's going to inspire a Bond movie that we're going to talk about soon. But it's also inspired by Bond because John McClane has these very quippy and you know he thinks on his feet. So it's a little bit of um, it's mirror images of 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 of, yeah. of what Bond is and what Bond will be in the next Bond movie in the canon. It's it's interesting. It's an interesting time for action movies. Uh, and it's an interesting time for James Bond. This the 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 dying days of of the uh, what is this eighty eight Die Hard? Is 88? Uh, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. eighty eight. So yeah, when I was born, so. uh, good year. Yeah. It's a very good year. Oh, just Brady. aged like a fine Korean wine, and uh, <laughs> so uh, I 
I feel like the last couple of uh, detours, I've forgotten to do uh, plot synopses. I've you once again forgot to do a plot synopsis, but everybody knows what the hell Die Hard it's is. Christmas Eve, hmm. John McClane is hmm. invited to the Nakatomi uh, headquarters for uh, their Christmas party uh, that his wife is working at. Hmm. Uh, there's a strange wife. Miss uh, Gennaro. Yeah, Miss Gennaro. <laughs> and, but unbeknownst to them, there's a team of terrorists that have plotted to take over the building. Hmm. Uh, they they appear to be terrorists, but it's mm. later revealed that they're actually uh, just thieves that are oh, exceptional thieves. Exceptional thieves, uh, led, yep. led by Hans Gruber, played by Alan Rickman. Mm. Um, action, murders, mayhem, uh, mayhem explosions. Johnson follow. and Johnson. Johnson I mean, and Johnson. Uh, yeah. The news reporter, played by the guy from Ghostbusters. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is like perfection. Uh, great music by Michael Michael Kamen with mm. a cameo by James Warner, um, mm. and it ends with Alan Rickman falling off from from a, a window, uh, an helicopter crashing, and um, one last terrorist uh, killed by uh, the guy from Family Original Original. Johnson? Yeah, what's what's the show with Ur Urkel? Uh, family? Oh. It's not Family Ties, right? Is it Family Ties? Jason? Did I, did I do that, that, that show? That yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's Family Ties. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, or it's, so, yeah. or it's Family Values. Anyway, so that's, in a nutshell, that's Die Hard. Mm. And if you, yeah, it's, if you haven't watched Die Hard in your life, I'm, you know what? I'm not going to criticize you, but take the opportunity to watch it. Don't listen to us. Like, pause mm. go watch the movie it is one of the most influential uh, movie of all time and it's you know i, I don't want to spoil this movie for somebody that hasn't watched it. it i want you to enjoy it, mm. it it's like a it's like a it's like the matrix you don't want to be told you need to experience for yourself you have oh. to experience. i mean back in the 2000s uh total both total film and empire magazine ranked it number two action film of all time and you and then it even today, like 20 years later, it still ranks. It's always in every action. It's always in every film magazine. Not Total Film and Empire and any other critical mm. critical review magazines. It's always ranked in a top five action movie of all time. And usually you'll always see the, T, the Terminator 2 Judgment Days, the Die Hards, yeah. a John Woo film here and there. Mm. And oh, they, well, But what did they put as number one if they didn't put Die Hard? Mm. Do you remember? Uh, I think License to Kill. In 2000, no, 2001, it was uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, uh, okay, that's okay. that's good competition, though. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. yeah. So, like, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's always like but, it's always kind of revolves around like Raiders, T2, Die Hard, a John Woo film, mm. and probably the Killers or uh, Killers, Hard Boiled, and then hard -boiled, and yeah. then Speed is always up there too. Uh, some of them have either fantasy or sci-fi element, which I'm like, uh, yeah. it kind of this, but you know. And then, not... and, and then uh, speaking of sci-fi, some will always include like Road Warrior as well too. You know, like mm. that's also sci-fi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although it's, it's extremely action-heavy, though. It is. It is. But yeah, and then nowadays, that's why I say like, this you is put... 2001, and then and just to make it to be Fleming film and everything in between nowadays. You'll see. It used to be you'll always see Goldfinger as one of the top ten, top five action films, along with the films we just named. But 
20 years later, you'll always see Casino Royale. <laughs> along. Right, yeah. I mean, because like, that is definitely one of the most action-heavy James Bond films ever. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. Well, the, but, the whole Madagascar cha- chase scene. And Die Hard has... What movie? Uh... <laughs> You know, uh, it has the perfect build, the structure of it. You introduced, like, it. you never get bored. There's always something happening. It's the perfect, get introduced to the character. It's very economical in its storytelling. And the direction by Mick Tiernan, I said it, is one of the best. And sadly, his career went since uh, he got arrested yeah. and I just hope he bounces back eventually and returns to form because it, it's a tragedy that he hasn't made a movie in almost more like almost 20 years now almost like, I think the last film I saw by McTiernan it was Rollerball no after that basic with John Travolta Samuel Jackson when he goes like uh, when Samuel L. Jackson leads like a team of Green Berets and they go missing but that's also that, that's what if it's it's also a good movie. I think I own that movie on DVD. It's okay. a really good movie. It. Basic really... wasn't. Basic was better than Rollerball. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, Rollerball, Rollerball was a movie. piece of shit. Like all. Oh, and then uh, Matthew, I used to disagree with you, but now I agree with you because like, I talk good. with good. Uh, no, I, I I I talk with Kyle Barbeau quite about, and you you should get you should become better friends with Kyle because like you both are Star Trekkies and you both love McTiernan. And what I used to disagree with you before, and I agree with you now, is McKinnon should have directed a Bond film. Mm. And uh, this, this is I didn't my... know you disagreed with me, but I'm glad you agreed. Shocking! Now. This is breaking breaking past history news. But uh, this is what I wanted to say: is like in my let's say you know perfect timeline. This is what I would have wanted: is a Gold Knight. Let's do Martin Campbell because mm. Martin no, Campbell is genius. Tomorrow Never Dies. The film's great. And me and Kyle love the film, so we're gonna leave the film as this. World is not enough. It's gonna be directed by uh, the tick tick tick. No time to die is very beloved Danny Boyle, and you gotta remember, '90s Danny Boyle hmm. is much different than a 2018 yeah. Danny Boyle. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's what I would have done. And then that same year, uh, Pierce, Bro- you guys already did the detour. Pierce Brosnan did it. Made remade Thomas Crown Affair brilliantly with John McTiernan. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think for the 40th anniversary film, uh, you get John, uh, you get John me. McTiernan to reunite with Pierce Brosnan to make Die Another Day, just as uh, Skyfall Daniel Craig reunited with Sam Mendes and it became one of the best mm. Bond films ever. And the, the benefit of my timeline is because. John McTiernan is directing Die Another Day or whatever the 40th anniversary Bond film is. Rollerball never happens. <laughs> and, and and because Rollerball never happens, he never goes to John jail. McTiernan never, John, John McTiernan never gets arrested by the FBI because that's yeah, right. behind it. But it's, uh, you know what? <laughs> I think Rollerball would have happened whether uh, that, that movie had been planned since I think the 90s. They always mm-hmm. had like. I know it was like a remake of a 70s film, right? Yeah. I never seen yeah. I have no interest to rewatch or see the remake. It's something that's best left forgotten. You know, when you went, is not. I saw one of theaters too <laughs> in middle school because, like, it was 2001. You know what's best not forgotten and remembered for all times? Die, Die Hard. <laughs> yeah, you know, this is often considered to be like the perfect action movie, which is a very, you know, haughty totty position. Uh, it is. To, to take, but but there's a reason why that argument yeah. is 
is continuously brought up in conversations and podcasts and books and that. And, you know, watching the film um, uh, last night, uh, there are so many qualities about it that that really do make it you know in the context of an action movie but action movies can be so much more than than just action an action movie can still tell a story you can still have character growth to it to an extent anyways you can still have character growth in an action movie you can still have a fascinating villain in an action movie and i was reminded last night by die hard keep putting there that's why i shoot it but um i was reminded by die hard last night that yeah that's an example of how you can how you can insert qualities that you would normally associate with a comedy or a horror movie or a drama but you can use those in action movies and you can make a great action movie with those things you just need to watch the clones to understand how good die hard is compared to its numerous shitty clones mm. i mean you you have the one with the uh, van Damme, uh where he time th- cop no that's another one that where there's a it's oh, a sudden death sudden death sudden death i actually enjoy that film. I do I'm not like, that like too, they're man. not bad movies but y- you know there's like, nobody's doing like a sudden death review today unless they're doing van Damme reviews under Siege. Under Siege is mm. a very good diehard clone. Yeah, it's not but bad. It's not bad. It's, oh, yeah. it's Steven oh, Seagal's. Yeah. The only movie of his that I feel you need to watch is this one. Well, oh, no. yeah, for sure. I mean, to add on to like all, I mean, Die Hard's definitely the, one of the most inspirational action, action films because, like, yeah, Under Siege, is, Under Siege, Sudden Death, I, I totally forgot about that. Speed to a certain extent. Speed, yeah, yeah, speed. speed. That's true. Very, uh, very true. Executive decision with Steven Seagal partially, uh, but mostly Kurt Russell. You're stretching. You're stre- oh, Passenger 57. Passenger 57, 57 with Wesley Snipes. Yeah. Are you, are you Air, reading a list? Air, yes, I am. I, <laughs> I, like, I, I, make, I take notes. I, I, I prepare my podcast. <laughs> Oh, sorry, sorry. It's just I, I noticed you're looking down. I'm like, oh, he's reading. He's reading. And uh, two more. You guys, go ahead. Air Force One. With Air Force One on a, another. Oh uh, yeah, you're right. That's that's mm-hmm. a, the another under clone. Mm-hmm. And then another. Die hard on a plane, set in a plane, snakes, snakes on, on a plane. plane. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's oof. <laughs> <laughs> enough is enough. I have had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking Second. plane. It's the comedy version of Die Hard. <laughs> it's it's st- stretching it, but all, yeah, all, it all over it, all, all over it. No, but it, it's it's it, it is a simple plot. Put uh, Joe Schmo in an impossible situation but confined in an impossible situation that he needs to use his wits violence and skills to get out of you had a but that's that's dire that's more than that you have teams of consumerism of uh hmm. uh yeah there, there, there's the entire relationship 80s, 80s consumerism yeah. Got to- yeah. yeah the yuppies because i really like the tropes the tropes presented in this film regarding the 80s like 
because like like late eighties like was like when Wall Street was booming and mm. well the character of Ellis yeah the, of, the guy uh, that looks like Zack yeah. Snyder he does yeah look. yeah he does <laughs> He's such a funny character. He's just, and he I mean, looks like the evil mirror image. It's always something that fascinated me as a child. He looks like evil uh, Hans Gruber. Not that... Hans Gruber's not evil? No, no. No, no I'm sorry. I'm, I'm very... <laughs> but he look a lot alike. They have the same beard. Mm. They, mm. They... Yeah, he does. Hans, Bobby, I'm your white knight. <laughs> it's like, God, somebody please yeah, snap uh, slap yeah, this person. I really... I really like the like the '80s like like late '80s like economic tropes behind because like the film is filmed at or set in the Nakatomi mm. headquarters and it shows like and Joe Joe Takaji the CEO mm. is like a Japanese American and it really shows like in the '80s when the J Japanese specific Asian and or specifically Japanese yeah. markets were taking a huge hold in the United States and yeah. and, and and it's not just Die Hard, but a lot of '80s films always had like Japanese, like a someone working for a Japanese company, because that's when their influence influence really grew in the United States. And I was like, oh yeah, that's right, that that did happen then. And you know, and there was a there's a Ridley Scott film, although it it sends oh, the Michael Black Douglas, Rain, Black yeah, Rain. Black Rain, yeah. There's really a, that's a one heavy movie. Japanese vibe in the '80s, which which says a lot about the the uh, rapprochement, the coming together of those two countries who like four decades ago were slaughtering each other like the United States and Japan were like oh wow four decades later it's like yeah I'd make a Hollywood movie of course you're gonna have a Japanese influence and it. it's kind of interesting when you, when you and think a Blade Runner had that too so Blade Runner yeah Blade Runner definitely has that absolutely absolutely it's uh I like Joe Takagi I, mean, I did too it's, 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 I mean he gets his head blown off like 15 minutes into the movie but I, like <laughs> I, I, I love when Ans uh, first shows up and he gives his entire pedigree and it he ends with uh, an father of mm. two children mm. oh yeah I loved I was gonna say, say that because like when up when he was giving the full like resume profile Joe Takaji I was like man this guy is so brilliant like UC Berkeley That's Harvard it. MBA mm. and Stanford law degree or I may have got maybe a Stanford MBA Harvard law degree or whichever but either way that's yeah. that's yeah. one brilliant man <laughs> Where is Mr. Takagi? Joseph Yoshinobu Takagi. Born Kyoto, 1937. Family emigrated to San Pedro, California, 1939. Interned Manzanar, 1942-43. Scholarship student, University of California, 1965. How do you do? It's a pleasure to meet you. No, absolutely, absolutely. And what what I another one of the things is Matt earlier you were saying to, to further to your point about you're never bored or there's so always something new. Yeah, I think you were saying it's, there's an escalation. 
Yeah. It's uh, constant. I think that also plays into the the characters, both the, the central characters like John McClane and Holly and Hans, but also the peripheral characters. You have Argyle, you have Ellis, you have uh, the, 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 the... Carl. Car- well, of course, Carl. Carl you have the yeah. newspaper, uh, the newspaper, the television Sleepy. reporter. The um, LAPD chief. The LAPD chief, Johnson & Johnson. It's like the movie just keeps introducing like an army uh, of of characters who very related like real characters yeah it's like does the movie very need these characters no is the movie still better because they're there yes <laughs> it's like it's weird that's something it's i like, miss I would... about the 80s the good character actors that showed up at the time because you don't see those types of actor all the Usually now they they're they're not gonna put put an A list. Oh, it's it's kind of like you know, you, you want to discuss the sort of rev- attempts at reviving that genre of action movies. Uh, there's uh what's the movie with Will Ferrell? The other guys. Oh, when yeah. Michael Keaton is the boss, they <laughs> took Michael Keaton and he's just playing the boss. I'm like, no, you need you need the, you need somebody from the 1980s. You need a schmuck. Hey. I don't yeah. need you to go chasing waterfalls now. <laughs> he's from, I'm not saying that he's bad, but it's distracting from the movie. He just it it's it. it I don't believe in your work because you pick Michael Keaton and he's. Was it like a cameo? Like no, like, it's, it's it's a part. He's supporting there. Role. Yeah, supporting role. But I don't it, mind him though. I don't. Mind I don't him. mind him because it's a fun, the movie is funny. But for every Michael Keaton, like every Die Legal Weapon clone, you have Hollywood homicide. Uh, oh, let's not go there. No, no, but uh, just, I'm just saying, like, people think it's it's something easy to to replicate, and no, it's not. I, I saw I mean, the, the Under Siege 2, and it's not easy. Come out to the coast, we'll get together, have a few laughs. And then, uh, the one of the things I really liked about Die Hard watching it again for the umpteenth or thousandth <laughs> time is uh is how just like bond and dr no john McClane is very resourceful he's not like a hmm. he's not like a sly 80s sly stallone or 80s schwarzenegger who's like absolutely jacked like a huge hmm. macho action figure he he's just an ordinary new york city cop and hmm. just and he He's placed at the wrong wrong man placed at the wrong place at the wrong time, which is a very Hitchcockian Hitchcockian yeah. motif. Yeah. And the way he ta- uh, like defeats these twelve terrorists in this like confined space is not like because he's hugely jacked. I mean, Bruce Willis does get jacked and like in Live Free or Di- by the fourth Die Hard movie, which I which is set in my hometown and I love. But but like I really like the resourcefulness and the relatability of. Ch- of a young John McClane in this mm-hmm. film, like for instance, uh, when uh, when he's escaping the goons and then he he has the MP4 machine gun and he's trying to get down the elevator shaft and he oh, un- yeah. untangles the, uh, the the strap the, hand, the, the strap and then he uses the strap to go down and you know grab to the elevator and and when he's when all the communications cut off on the building he sets off the fire alarm <laughs> hoping that you know hoping that something someone calls and. Is the fly in the ointment, yeah. the pain in the ass. <laughs> I thought I told all of you I want radio silence until oh, further... Do- I'm very sorry, Hans. I didn't get that message. Maybe you should have put it on the bulletin board. I 
since I waxed Tony and Marco and his friend here. I figured you and Carl and Franco might be a little lonely, so I wanted to give you a call. How does he know so much about this? This is very kind of you. As if you are our mysterious party crasher. You are most troublesome for a security guard. Eh, sorry, Hans, wrong guess. Would you like to go for double jeopardy where the scores can really change? Oh, these are very bad for you. Who are you, then? Just a fly in the ointment, Hans. The monkey in the wrench. A pain in the ass. Yeah, no, that it's it's a good point about uh, John McClane. I mean, he's he, he, that does make him relatable in a sense because he's not a Sly Stallone. He's because he's not a Schwarzenegger. There's a there's a believability. That, I mean, you know, most most you know even the smartest cop in the world. Yeah, odds are they would have died at some point. But he's the hero, so he's obviously going to save the day. But oh, it's done yeah. in a matter. It's played in a way where you can believe it. This is this makes it's it's ridiculous, but it makes sense. It's fantastical, but it makes sense. Everything you know? is nearly everything in that movie is in quotation mark plausible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the way the movie starts, he's he's already tired. He just came off the he's plane. Yeah, he just he's jet lag and he's making fists with his toes. He's just like, man, I'm tired. Like, can, Dude, can, can I wash I, off? That's the one thing that makes me like kind of like squeal this entire movie. Like he's doing this all all of it barefoot. barefoot. I know. Let alone like all the glass scenes. It's like, ah! uh, <laughs> horrifying, horrifying. I just love your pain face. Oh, I wish. No, that, both... that, 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 that's how I felt like. You know, oh, you should. Like this, I said, like this is I now a video. This, this is now a YouTube episode. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, absolutely. And there's a little, there's a great little moment, and I'm not the first one to quote this moment. But um, it's when um, B- uh, Bond, what? Uh, when McLean and and uh, and Gennaro uh, reconvene for the first time, and you know, it's nice at the start. Why don't you stay at my place? The kids miss you, ha ha ha. And then they, oh, not you don't miss me enough to change your name. Then they they start a spat. She's called away, and when when her office door closes, I love the fact that McLean bangs his head on the wall, idiot, like, really mature, John, like, he's that guy, he's not so stupid that he doesn't understand what he's doing, but he, he but he's also really he's stupid, really, because he can't help himself, he's a little bit Im- immature, yeah. And, yeah. and then, uh, oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> so no, you're fine, uh, you know, like, watching this movie as a, as a 32-year-old, so, like, I'm the same age now as Bruce Willis was in, when he filmed this movie, and, and I'm watching this film as an at, at the at the same age as he is now versus like you know growing up watching as a teen like there's a lot of things that's very realistic in uh, by the way I'm single for all the listeners and for but all the lady listeners like, out there <laughs> but the, I know a lot of married couples who go through like what Holly and John McClane go through because like let's say a specific spouse doesn't matter if mm. it's the wife or the husband gets a lucrative career opportunity and they have to move and mm. One spouse decides to stay, out, stay back, or sometimes like they reluctantly go. I really like the um, marriage or relationship dynamic of the couple because like mm-hmm. it's very real, and I see it every every day. Even mm-hmm. though uh, I personally haven't gone through it, and so that, 
so I was like, wow. So that's another fact that I appreciated more as an adult now. Yeah, there was. It's, it's funny you bring that point up because I was. Re- I, I promised myself I would read. I have this massive Die Hard book that I bought a few months ago, and I promised myself I'd read the Die Hard chapter, and I, I didn't get around to it very much. But I was fortunate enough to read the first few pages in which the pre-production is discussed, and it would seem as though the, it would seem that the screenwriter was inspired. By true by, events. By, well, true events. In, in, I'm sure. Um, legend has it uh, that um, he knew people, colleagues and friends who were going through divorce or on the cusp of the divorce being finalized and the wife went back to the maiden name. So apparently that's what inspired the uh, when he's in the lobby downstairs and he's like, McLean, Christ, Gennaro. Like that's what inspired that little moment. Of, hey, the, the screenwriter knew people who had actually lived through that so yeah it's again there's little it's droplets of, of relatability in, in the movie make it a very interesting uh, the, the relationship between John and uh, what's her, her first Holly. name Holly Holly they, they is the heart of the movie and it's you know I'm gonna bring up the fact but not the fact I'm gonna ask you a question it's a very important question because you it. probably know the answer from for me but it's especially for you, Edgar. Is Ooh. Die Hard a Christmas movie? Oh, this thing again. There's only one good answer. I'll let Edgar for first. Oh, just so generous of you, Jason. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, I don't really know. Like, it's, it depends on what you, you know. What I think the the only way to answer that is on a very personal level. What do you want? What do you want slash expect out of a Christmas movie? Like the fact that it's at Christmas? Oh, sure, it's a Christmas movie. What would you expect out of a Christmas movie? Well, some holiday cheer. So I think it really depends on what you. Yeah, but you expect when you a... you set a movie in at Christmas time, like even what's his name, Jack Black, John Bl- was it? Is it Jack Shane Black does it all the time. He did it for yeah. I, Lethal Weapon, Iron Man. Is, is Iron Man three a Christmas movie? Ah, uh, or Kiss Kiss Bang Kiss Bang. Kiss Bang Bang, and there's another one, uh, The Long uh, Kiss Goodnight. Nice, nice. Mm, it's like did he do Long Kiss? Oh, he did. Do long he wrote. Kiss. He wrote it. He wrote that's very Christmas. I, I would say that's very Christmas. It, it, it's it's by design. You want and either. I, I'm not saying that all of them are classic Christmas movie, but you don't set a movie at Christmas without having him having some meaning. It's supposed to mean something. It means something in there. There's a lot of themes that it's it's a transformative event. It is kind of like um, a. a, a uh, an actual uh, Christmas movie. Uh, what's the? It's it's a Frank Capra. 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 Frank Sorry. Capra. I'm, I'm it's a wonderful more, life. It's it's kind of like a wonderful life. Uh, what would my life be if I wasn't there? Um, it, it feels Capra-esque, especially the ending with it's snowing by the end of the movie. There's there's an element that mm. it's. But I'm 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 I'm. Uh, you know, it's it's an alternative. You should mm. see my mm. Christmas movie playlist. I have Batman Returns. I have yes. Rocky Four. I have Ghostbusters too. Uh, obviously, Honor Majesty's, exactly. Honor uh, I have weird. I, I, those are all my Christmas movie list as well. And then, uh, and Jingle All the Way. <laughs> Naturally, I won't go so far. I think the. the the biggest argument in favor of it being a Christmas film is that Hans Gruber uh, promised his his tech geek a Christmas miracle. It's gonna go. It's gonna go. 
when the FBI cuts off, oh, and I promise to a Christmas miracle. The ad oh. to joy is so Christmassy and ends with uh, the weather outside mm. the bottom. And then, I, as an adult watching it again, like back to my, my points about the relationship, I think it is a Christmas movie. And because it's about like a couple, whether they're, I'm not sure if they're, I guess they're legally separated, not divorced, that. Mm rekindles back to their yeah. family so in a way yeah, yeah i think it is a christmas movie that's that's the i'm going to sum it up so yes it is a christmas movie two, and uh, two years I ago know, like, i was at a screening of sorry uh, i was at a screening of that movie I remember that. uh for christmas and it's an interactive uh screening uh they, they gave us rules so it's kind of like rocky hour picture show uh people were screaming we had poppers that when uh Hans Gruber falls off the the, the, the the tower. Everyone is using their poppers to to, 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 to to rejoice in the event, and we were everyone was wishing each other a merry Christmas. Mm. It was just mm. fun. And my, I was with my brother. My brother usually at, at this time of the year, very soon we'll probably watch it again. And um, my my sister in law um, actually is anti. Well, I think she does it just to to, to annoy my brother and I. But she's it's not a Christmas movie yet. We, we since she she's been with my brother every year we watch it, <laughs> and uh, it's one of those movies I actually watch in French. And it's surprised because I, I watch it. I'll admit I'll watch I watch it more often in French than English. I think I saw it for the first time in English in 2000 on DVD. Before that, I never saw that movie. Not 2000 wasn't yesterday. But there's a there's a few, well that movie came out in 1988. So there's a good more more than 10 years before I I, I got to see it what's in its original it? language. I'm glad. I'm wait, did I cut you off for? No, no go ahead, Jason. No, I'm glad you said that you watched this film in French because like the first time I ever saw this film in the 90s, uh, I saw this in Korea, dubbed in Korean, and and I was like nine years old at the time, so 1997. <laughs> and I mean, I loved because like 90s, like when I was nine years old is when I really started getting to action, specifically 80s or any old action films like the James Bonds, the, the Terminators, and then Die Hard, and then watching this film in Korean dubbed was amazing. Like, uh, like when when like. For instance, I mean, I mean the translation's fine, but because the translation's so like accurate, it's more funny. Because like for the scene when, when he yells at the, the dispatcher, "Lady, do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza?" Like that line, it just works so well in Korean. And then, nice. it's the same address as that fire signal. I'll handle it. Attention, whoever you are, this channel is reserved for emergency calls only. Oh, fuck it. shit, lady, do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza? And I, like you, Matthew, I saw this movie for the first time in English in 2001. And then thinking and remembering, like, the, all the lines in Korean, I was like, oh, that's what. So, like, some of the <laughs> curse. So, every time he says, like, no shit or, like, you know, like, the F word, like, like I always wonder, like, what is he saying? I was like, how come, like, he's not, he just seems like he's screaming. He's not, like, trans, he didn't say the F word in Korean or whatnot. And, and watching it in in English for the first time when I was 13 years old, I was like, oh, that's what that line was. And, and, and so I always thought, I always thought like, so I cherish that, like just watching it nice. in Korean first and that both, both Die Hard and Die Hard with a Vengeance of Two that John McClane, not John, John McTiernan directed. McTiernan, yeah. They both work so well in dubbed Korean I'm and interested. translated well. Like for instance, like in Die Hard 3, uh, when Samuel L. Jackson's like, does he look like my friend? Like that one line, 
the way it was done in Korean was so perfect. And I was like, and when I re- remembered, I was like, oh, that's that line. And I'm, and I bring up 2001 because uh, a space when I was 13 years old, uh, watching this again, and then a couple months after, and then I when as a 13 year old, I told all my friends to watch Die Hard because this movie was amazing and still is to this day. And in 2001 is when the first Harry Potter movie came out. And then mm. when me and my friends went to see Harry Potter, the Philosopher's Stone in UK or Sorcerer's Stone in in the US, uh, the first book that is, uh, Hans Gruber, Alan Rickman plays Professor Snape. And I remember watching me and my friends, oh, that's Professor Snape. Uh, that's Hans Gruber from Die Hard. And then, and I bring that up because I talked to my friends, like you said, Matt, like the way you recommended a lot of people to watch Die Hard, Matthew, like all my friends who are born 1993 or afterwards, they're only seeing Die Hard for the first time in their lives. Mm. And then as they're watching Die Hard for the first time, they're like, oh, that's Professor Snake when they look at, point at Hans yeah. Gruber. And I was like, yeah. and I was like, that's, uh, and I always say, that's funny you say it because like when I watched Harry Potter, I was like, oh, that's Hans Gruber, not. And then now you watch Die Hard and you say, oh, that's Professor Snape. Yeah, the reference points, obviously, depending, I guess, when you're born and the movies you grow up with, your reference points differ, obviously. I, I have a couple questions, although I understand, obviously, I understand French. I've never seen the film in French. Can I ask my questions to for the dub? Go I just want to, because I know that the French dub, they adapted a few of the jokes to better match the rhythm of the movie, because there's a reference to a microwave dinner that wouldn't have worked in French because it, the sentence w- would have been uh, too long. Did they adapt any oh. of the dialogue or is it verbatim, the text? It was, it was a verbatim. That's, that's a, so that's why some of the jokes didn't work as well. But like the, pe- the pizza line was amazing in Korean. That's all I remember. <laughs> What's uh, yippie mother feckish in French? Oh, yippie pauvre con. Okay, it's not it, it, some of the lines that are very memorable are not you know, like in 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 French that line is not very memorable mm. but the when he's in uh, come to the coast we'll get mm-hmm. what is it in Korean yippie mother feckish I don't even think I think he just said he verbatim said yippie mm. like just in a Korean in, dubbed in Korean instead of like that wasn't translated just like yippie guy yeah mm. and all right all right, cool. I was just curious. I was like, since we had no, two no. people who had seen it in different languages, like, it's very interesting. Like? I think the that's original... what makes this podcast, podcast so unique. Mm. I, I, yeah. I, I might be mistaken, but I think the the original, the first printing of the DVD had a lot of translation. That had all those languages, not just usually in America. You get English, sometimes French, sometimes Spanish, mm. and not much else. But I, I feel like I remember that that DVD had a lot more languages. I'm not sure. I, I, I would have to like d- dig. I, I don't even know if I own that DVD still, but I would have to dig. I think there were a lot of... Uh, I might actually check the Korean version just to see what you're talking about. Just to see I, the idiom and the, um, the, mm. the way the dialogue feels. I'm curious. You got me you color me curious. I wonder uh, how this movie would have sounded in German because, like, you know, they speak a little bit of German. Yeah. Hans Gruber and his goons speak German. You know, that's like, it's good that you mentioned that because I watch it with subtitles. Sometimes they actually translate foreign languages in the subtitle and it just says speak German. Yeah. Sometimes you can actually guess phonetically what they're saying yeah. or just by the, the reaction that they have. But uh, it's, uh, I would be curious and the terrorist group that they mentioned that they're a part of i i try to like there's something that sounds a lot like 
I don't remember the what name. What is the name of their group? I don't remember. It's it's like the Volks, the Volk, the Volk yes, something. Right, right, Volk right, something. Right, There's right. one that almost sounds like that, but it's like from what I the reading I've done, I think it's pre Nazi Nazism. Oh, I might okay. be mistaken. Interesting. Interesting. But it's like it's like but it's set in West Germany, so the the non the Allied Germany because remember this is when uh, Germany was still yeah. inside. You know, and then I'm glad we brought that up because I really want to segue into the villains is like, like knowing Hans Gruber's plot is to like steal the the bear bonds to, you know, like have a 2% growth from 640, $50 million that mm-hmm. they're stealing, stealing and his brother later on tries to steal the Federal Reserves. I'm like, what kind of debt? And then you're know, watching this, and I was like, what kind of debt do these, does this group have that they need to, there's <laughs> so much money. I was like, What's well, the Splinter Group, if I remember correctly? Yeah, it is. He was excommunicated well, from like, that terrorist group, I think. They're they are both excommunicated. I was like, I mean, obviously they're well re- resourced, as John McClane says in this film. But I always wonder, I was like, does this group have like ten bankruptcies, or like what kind of, <laughs> or, or or do they have like a, or do they borrow some money from Loan Shark? Like, why do they need this much money? <laughs> Everybody needs to make a profit. It's the eighties. Oh, oh, there's also a Quebecois uh, oh, right. t- a terrorist in in the midst because they do mention mm. Quebec is mentioned as one of the liberté du Québec. Yeah, that he wants. But one of the terrorists, I think it's the guy that gets shot through the table, is actually a French Canadian actor. Oh, yeah. yeah, interesting. He might oh, be. You know, Doyon. I think his name is. Speaking of editing and that you mentioned, Edgar is like that. The table shot shoot death was one of my favorite scenes. Like he's like, next time don't ever hesitate. And then he, and he's bang bang bang. He's like, uh, advice taken. And that's what I really liked about the editing of this film is like, you see one scene and then and it just it doesn't explain, just cuts straight to that. And mm. another good edit is editing scene. I have a lot of like the dialogue. You start out with a dialogue and then you skip to John. And you know you see both sides of the story throughout the film, and that's one of the strong editing traits that I took note of this film. And I really want to get into back to Hans Gruber because, like, he is. I mean, I thought Alan Rickman was. You mean absolutely... Bill Clee? <laughs> Please don't shoot oh, me. Bill, You're one Bill of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I uh, love yeah. Alan Rickman. I mean, I mean, I loved all the lines that Alan Rickman brilliantly delivered in this film, such as such as the uh, resume uh, breakdown of Takaji, or when he's speaking to Takaji in the elevator, he's like, "Nice suit by John Phillips of London. I have two myself." And he's like, "I hear, I hear, uh, yeah, I see her fat has the same." I was like, "Yes." Yeah, Random, her fat. like, okay, sure. <laughs> uh... but, like, but like those like little dialogues is what makes this character great and. Mm. And just like, I mean, except for the scene where he like brutally shoots Takaji like point blank mm. in the face, like he's a very calm, demeanored villain who has such great control and presence over his goons or henchmen. And I've seen a lot of, and since then I've heard a lot of 
I've read a lot of articles that compare Hans Gruber to another villain named Hans, Colonel Hans Landa, played by Christoph Waltz, because both vill- both characters, you know, like they command so much presence, mm. and they know how to deliver. Well, obviously, Christoph Waltz is much better at the comedic side, comedic lighter comedic side, but the f- fact that they're both very shrewd villains and they know how to like, you know, mm. like diffuse a situation or decipher a situation very well. So, and I. Yeah. So, like the Hans to Hans comparison is very. I've I've seen a lot of comparisons of that. I haven't seen any, but that like yeah no I, it's it's food for thought it's food for thought. I'd have to rewatch. Uh, it's been a few years. I'm sort of due for an Inglorious Bastards rewatch. If I'm being completely honest, but um, yeah, interesting point. I, I, I never think thought it's of still it. Still on Netflix in Canada. Interesting, interesting. But yeah, no, I I do appreciate. Uh, further to your point, Jason, I I do very much appreciate the. A common collectedness of of Hans Gruber, with the exception of the I'm an exceptional thief. That's the yeah, one but thing. it's near the end. Kinda, yeah, that's true. Kind of loses. Yeah, things are getting well, and that, that also makes film more uh, relatable. Is like, just like, I mean, he's not like you know your classic '80s trope villain. Like, and he's not as like opulent as mm. even Gordon Gekka for the. I, I didn't want to go to like some other '80s villains like Max Zorn or so, but he's more like a Gordon Gecko or, or he's he's relatable and he oh, he's, he's not Euro trash. Yeah, yeah, he is your exact. That's exact, and that's how McLean describes him in the film too. Mm-hmm. He's like a bunch of Euro trash. <laughs> and the action that's going on around the plaza with. Um... With Al and the chief, or the deputy chief, and and agents Johnson and Johnson, it's it's good stuff. I mean, you have a really solid cast, and and they all have. Well, maybe the deputy chief doesn't have an arc, but but I like the fact that Al has his own little subplot. Arc. Yeah, exactly. There's a subplot, and it pays off in the end. And uh, there's <laughs> there's an interesting moment. It never hit me. I hadn't seen the movie in a couple of years, but I remember watching it last night. There's a <laughs> Almost like a semi-romantic moment. You know when two lovers see each other in a crowd? Oh. <laughs> the movie yeah. plays that at the end. I'm like, that's interesting. But uh, no, I, I like that too. And uh, I want to make one quick point about the deputy chief. is uh, The LAPD deputy chief, is uh, he looks exactly like the LAPD officer, Mark Furman, who was notorious during the O.J. Simpson trial. We're not going to discuss that. but like, And the, that's the reason that... Mark Furman is one of the reasons why O.J. Simpson trial verdict came out in favor of O.J. than the victims. Mm. And he looks exact. And when I'm watching this, this is awesome. Like, that looks exactly like Mark Furman. So I was like, maybe this movie predicted the future. But he, you know, mm. whatever. And he's played by uh, the guy that plays the principal in the Breakfast Club, if I remember correctly, right? Mm. I, I haven't. I've never actually seen I, that movie. I just You've never seen The Breakfast Club? No, I've never seen it, actually, I know. Okay, I mean, uh, homework, Breakfast Club. Next detour. Because I don't want to do a Breakfast Club detour, but you need to watch that movie. Look, I mean, it's been a while, but uh, I don't know the actor's name. I just kept saying Mark Furman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the little the, the, the tit for tat between him and Al, and you sort of, yeah, it, you get the sense that, you know, for him to be the deputy chief, there's, it's probably because he was good at his job, but maybe he's become a bit too much of a pencil pusher. And the guy who's on the streets, Al, understands these things a little bit more because Al seems like a lot 
sharper than this deputy chief. So I, I kind of liked how. And even Hal is a little bit. I, I love the dialogue between, even though you don't like the deputy chief, I really like the d- dialogue between those. But go ahead, Matthew. I don't know, but the, 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 uh, they're both a little bit more, uh, f- as, as, as John McLean would say, flat-footed. One's a little bit more inc- uh, sort of incastrated in, mm. in uh, poli- politics. He talks yeah. about the mayor. Well, Powell is more like, eh, I'm just going to patrol, yeah. get some snacks, eat. Be oh. lazy and fat. Oh. I don't want to use my gun. Can I, just... I please just one of the greatest exchanges between two characters in cinematic history, all decades, directors, and genres co- combined. Uh, Al Powell at the Dippiner, at the corner store, shows the Twinkies. You know, cashier's like, what the feckish? You know, they're from my wife. Yeah. She's pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I love that so much. I don't know why. Again, the movie just keeps on throwing these funny little... We haven't even spoken about Argyle yet. And Argyle... Although, the, I've, although, it's not much of a criticism because, again, the movie throws so many new, interesting things at you. But if I were to dare... The, the the gentlest of criticism. The movie does tend to forget Argyle a little bit uh, after a while. They, they bring like him Ar- back a little bit. They bring him back, you know, and they I, they, they let him ton punch the tech guy at the end. So sort of Argyle gets in on the action. He's a the bit. only villain that lives through the movie. That's true. Yeah, that's true. But yep. uh, yeah, that's maybe just the one little thing where you th- the movie does kind of make you think that Argo is going to be a little bit more important than he ends up being. But uh, but I still like him. <laughs> Relax. We got everything in this mug, man. Look at this. CD, CB, TV, telephone, full bar, VHS. <laughs> if your friends have to trot, you know a few mama bears we can hook up with. <laughs> or is he married? He's married. Okay. Oh, sorry about that. It's a girl's day off. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to sit up front. So uh, your lady live out here? About the past six months. Meaning you still live in New York. You always ask us many questions, Argyle. <laughs> Sorry, man. I used to drive a cab, and uh, people would expect a little chit-chat. So you divorced? Just drive the car, man. Hey, come on. You divorced? You separated? <laughs> she beat you up? <laughs> she had a good job. Turned into a great career. So now that meant she had to move here. You're very fast, Argyle. So why didn't you come? Well, why'd you come with her, man? What's up? Because I'm a New York cop. I got a six-month backlog of New York scumbags I'm still trying to put behind bars. I can't just pick up and go that easy. In other words, you thought she wasn't going to make it out here, and she'd come crawling up back to you. So why bother to pack, right? <laughs> like I said, you're very fast, Argon. <laughs> you know, oh, no, I-, I really liked him, too. I, I, one thing you just you mentioned Argyle. Argyle is at the basement throughout the film. The entire film is at the basement, mm. and you make me think like every and the environment in that film is the, because of the filmmaking. You know that the uh, 
uh, the, the the I think it's the thirty sixth level just before the roof. Mm. You know that level because there's the porn the the Playboy poster. Uh, you yeah. know the 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 main all. You know every floor mm-hmm. is established very well and you know where you are in the movie everywhere like you know oh, this yeah. level this level there's a, the environment is exploited at such a great level it's such a, you ne- you're never confused throughout the movie it's a, it's it's such a well told cinematically film uh, and you you're always know where you are and without you know where the vault is you know mm. You know everything about you know the floor where they they have the snacks when they're uh, waiting for the uh, <laughs> you know the the the, the, the main hall yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's everything is super well established and it, it, there, there's a perfection to that that the environment is almost a character and the, the tower is a character in the movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. Now I'm you said it much better than I would have, Matthew. And really thanks. I mean. I can't. I don't have anything further to add to that than that. <laughs> well, the... it's about the geography yeah. of of you know. Oftentimes we talk about you know the geography of of an action scene. Well, obviously the geography. If the geography of an action scene doesn't make much sense, then it's it's tough to to appreciate the scene itself. But here we have a whole film that takes place in this one building, but on on only a few floors of this building. So. Yeah, I mean, the geography of the building itself is extremely important. And yeah, they do really do a very, very nice job of establishing where everybody is. It's not like the movie takes place over the 36 floors. It really only takes place, what, you got the basement, you got the parking lot basement, you got the roof, and what, three other floors? And an elevator shaft. Yeah, it's about... Um, The 30th floor is where the party's at, Mm. basement, where the Playboy magazine is. And uh, the 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 level before the roof, yeah. where um, what's that guy with the long hair? Uh, Carl. Carl. Yeah. Carl. Where, where him and Carl had the fight, and he like throws him, ties him up in the chains, and throw him. Yeah. I for some reason I always thought that was the base. I mean, eventually I realized that was the roof because like that's where the explosives were. Yeah, and that's yeah. also one thing. Like the further you go into the movie, the more the all the floors get destroyed. I mean, it reminds me like apparently the the guy who wrote the book. Who in like they, they 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 it's a sequel to a a book that they turned into a Frank Sinatra movie, mm-hmm. and the guy initially he was like oh you know what he saw the uh, what's it called um, the uh, towering towering inferno mm-hmm. he said oh it's a great movie you know what's missing guys running with machine guns and by the end of the movie Damn like straight. the building is on fire and like everything is sparking it's like yeah it does look like the towering inferno with guys running with, with, with guys guns. running with machine guns i did like towering inferno as well too steve mcqueen and paul mm. newman i mean yeah. steve mcqueen's my you know oh, steve mcqueen's a badass yeah. man that's yeah. a tough one though steve mcqueen or or hmm. right, we don't want to get you don't need here, to pick yeah you don't need to pick it's fine yeah and then uh speaking of machine guns i love What's the Necros's actors? Oh, I don't know his name. Oh, yeah. Or the actor or the uh, character's name. Oh, it's, uh, uh, name? I call him like Sweats because he's dressed in Sweats. Yeah. Yeah. Gets... I mean, he's the, first, he's the first goon to die. Uh, and then after John McClane breaks his neck and he like, I, I loved like, that's how the situation diffuses into like when the terrorists realize that they have a situation at hand. Like he delivers that body via elevator. He says, I finally have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. Mm, yeah. 
And oh, he says uh, after he kills him and tries to put his boots on, and it's like kind of the guy. I don't, I don't know. Remember what he says in English? Uh, of all but, the terrorists, I need to. I could have killed. I killed the one that has a smaller shoe size than my sister. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> John McLean is a sister. I want to see that spinoff now. Die Hard Six, baby, bring it on. We well, we got the I son, mean, we got the daughter, we had the wife for a couple movies. Let's Just bring the sister, the sister and the nephew. <laughs> I never speaking of speaking of John McClane's family. I love Live Free or Die Hard. I actually genuinely like that film, and it was filmed in my hometown, Baltimore. And I remember walking by the sets when I was in high school, but I still have never seen the fifth one where he his son played by Jai Courtney. I heard it was terrible. It's not very good. It's, it's I I tall I I called the the fourth one Die esque. And the fifth one, it's, it's yeah. dire with yeah. a integrate like a big yeah. integration point and exclamation point. It's, it's I didn't I never really like live free not not live free up. I never liked Die Hard to Die Harder that much, which was filmed actually here in, in my in other Washington. Yeah. Uh, Washington. What the hell am I saying? Washington. No, Detroit, no it, the, the airport is set at BW not uh, Dulles International, which is DC, but. It was actually filmed at Detroit Metropolitan Airport here. Mm, mm, yeah, and I was like, well, yeah, because like watching it, I was like, that is that's so much more Detroit than it is <laughs> Dulles, because I fly fly both airports quite frequently. Well, and- for the life of me, I cannot remember. Well, it was Friday the Thirteenth, where we sort of said, oh, we'll talk about Part Six, but we kind of talked about all of them. Do we? You know, we don't want to. Nah. We don't need a three-hour long episode, but do we don't want? Do we want to briefly go through the? I uh, guess so. Yeah, I mean, while we're I at mean, it, and then and I and I. Absolutely enjoy uh, Die Hard with the Vengeance. Up, I mean, I thought Jeremy Irons was as good as a villain as uh, what is it, Alan Rickman. And what made him better was like you hear his voice, which is very compelling and commanding, mm. but you never see him until like midway through the film. Yeah. Yeah. Simon says. Simon says, and then, and speaking of, uh, and then Bruce Willis, he jokes around saying that, I mean, he liked Die Hard with the Vengeance, but he said, uh. That movie should call Thank God for Samuel Jackson and Jeremy <laughs> That is, uh, yeah, Samuel Jackson, who had already made a few films at, at that point. Well, yeah. Yeah, Pulp, Pulp, Pulp Fiction. Fiction. Yeah, Pulp Fiction really blew him up. But uh, he's a lot of fun in that. I, I, I do. It's the relationship between John McClane and oh shit, what's his character's name? Uh, Zeus, Zeus Carver. Zeus, right? Zeus. Zeus. Uh, it's but, but that, that's another Don't line. Don't be a Zeus. Yes, I did. Jesus. He was like, oh, I, I love that. I'm, I'm going back to like watching the movie in Korean. Like, like I love because like, uh, when he says, my name is Zeus, if, not hey Zeus. I'm not his. Do I look Hispanic to you? Mm. You better not fuck with me or I'm going to shove a lightning bolt up your ass. And nice. I remember like watching that line in Korean. Like he doesn't say the F word, but he says, uh, he says the equivalent. I'm going to shove something up your butter in Korean. And I remember as a nine-year-old, I laughed. And then mm. watching it as a thirteen-year-old, I was like, "Oh, that's <laughs> that's what it meant." Mm. Yeah. You know, it's it's. I do like the third. I get. I'm sort of do. Maybe not the fifth one because it's the most recent one and it's not oh, that good. But but I am due to rewatch sort of the series as a whole. Even number two, which 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 I've gone on record and say I'm not the biggest fan of number two. Yeah. But uh, but again, it's one of those things where I'm like, but it's been so long. Should I give it another chance? Maybe. I, I... You're the wrong guy in the wrong place at the wrong time. Story of my life. They say lightning doesn't strike twice. Did I spend Christmas last year. 
wrong. McLean, is this what you were expecting? Nah, this is just the beginning. Bruce Willis, Die Hard 2. Die Harder. Die 2. Wasn't the, wasn't the Die Hard 2. I know it's directed by like a Finnish director who. Yen uh, de Bont. Okay. What? Uh, did not Yen de Bont. What am I saying? Sorry. Uh, That's not. Yen uh, de Bont. No, Yen It's the guy that directed uh, Cutthroat. Yeah. Cutthroat Island. Did it's... he do Cliffhanger? Yeah, also he did Cliffhanger. The name escapes me right now. I can't remember his name. Did you? I know he's like from Finland. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, no, I was like Ron in America, but he has a similar, like. Uh... Why am I thinking Yen de Bont? Yen de Bont. Yeah, Yen de Bont was. Was the guy who almost directed Arlen Remy 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 Arlen? That's what it was. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Again, the second one. I think the villains are well. You know, following up on Hans Gruber is no easy task. But you could at least, you know, there's not being as cool as Hans Gruber, but still pretty good. And then there's sort of what we get in Die Hard too. They're a little bit more evil because they they're Mm. not there to like uh, steal gold. They're there to, to 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 sort of uh, release to help yeah, a it's, dictator escape. It's legit a terrorist act. They're yeah. they're yeah. they're kidnapping or actually breaking breaking out a, mm. a foreign dictator of some sort. Yep. They're they're pretty and they kill so many people. I they, seem to remember yeah. that. Like they blow up an entire the guy. Uh, what's his name from Star Trek: Deep Space Nine? Uh, Miles O'Brien is the pilot of the plane that goes down, and you're like, whoa. Okay, that 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 went terribly, and John McClane looks this. The, it's it's a weird movie because like it's, it's trying to be like oh it's like the first one, but at the same time the the the, the odds are much higher and the body count like he, a lot more people end up dying than John McClane ends up saving in that movie. Oh, while we're still on Die Hard to Die Harder, uh, we don't forget the news reporter returns oh. and he's on the same flight with uh, holly and then and then everyone and then they she says like he she set a six feet uh like restraining order yeah. against mm. him and and then uh, i like how like the flight attendants in that film like treat him like trash because he is like a journalist with no ethics and then yeah. later on like holly's not i think holly's sitting in first class or economy whatever but then the no he, he, she's in coach and he's supposed to be on first class and because there's no more room left because it's Christmas yeah. Eve, he gets put in coach and he's annoyed with that. And That's he's being was. a dick. Uh, but you just reminded me why I hate the sequel and probably why, Edgar, you, you, it's it's one of those sequels that has what I call sequelitis. It's trying so hard to be the first one. It repeats some of the beats. Some, mm, of, some yeah. of the characters that have no reason to be there, like the journalist, why mm, is yeah. he there? Because he wasn't the first one. Yeah. Uh, some of the, 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 the at one point, Bruce Willis says, oh, how come, how can the same thing happen to the same guy twice? Yeah. Because a very uncreative screenwriter wrote the script. Yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah, it's sort of, uh, I, I keep going back to Aliens as one of the perfect examples of a sequel. Continue the story. It's the same universe. It's kind of the same vibe, but we're continuing. We're doing it different. Whereas Die Hard Two, it's Christmas again. Die Harder, it's Christmas again. Yeah, it's it's um, yeah. I it, that does rub me the wrong way. Where it's just it's so similar. It doesn't help that it's not as good, 
But how can it be good when you're sort of forcing yourself to repeat the same beats? You're just going to be reminded of the, of the better movie. Yeah. It's like, That's still, you know, I, 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 it's half it's as good as the first movie. I'll be generous and say that. But even then, like the first movie is one of the best movies ever made. Not just action, best movies ever made. So it's still good, but it's just... Like if there was just Die Hard two and no Die Hard one, I don't know if I don't think it'd be one of the best movies ever made, but it would be better regarded because it's a sequel and not a very original one. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's 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 on the lower totem for me for for the ranking for sure. When the theater goes dark, trust me, guys. Duck. The roof blows off. They're setting off bombs. And for some reason, he's very angry with me. <laughs> this, as they say, is where the plot thickens. They knocked over the Federal Reserve. Bruce Willis, Jeremy Irons, Samuel L. Jackson. Congratulations. You're still alive. Yippee-ki-yay, mother... In a John McTiernan film, Die Hard with a Vengeance. John McClane, NYPD. Are you all right? Yes. Laundry day. Oh, yeah, and then Die Hard. I, I enjoyed Die Hard with a Vengeance, and I'm going to mention Kyle again. And is, uh, he's, and he, and I agree with him, is like, the way, uh, Bruce Will or John McClane kills uh, Simon Gruber and his mistress at, or henchwoman at the end is the exact same. He says, "Is exact same way," which was the, which was the same problem that Spectre had. Is like shoot, sh- shoot something with a pistol and the helicopter goes down. It. I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, you're right." Because like everything, I mean, we're not. This is not the Spectre review, but like everything in that movie were you know good or above average. At least above average until like you know the ending and yeah. Yeah, the the ending is funny because I have vague memories of with a vengeance sort of ending a bit of a way, but again, it's kind of like Die Hard two where it's been so long, the memories are a little hazy. It ends in the the border between Quebec and the states. It's it's really at the lines on all the lines. Okay, I mean, and then there was the the original deleted cut where um where Han where Simon is excommunicated by his henchmen and then McLean is also like scapegoated as like all the problems of New York City and then they meet at a bar at the Quebec or like the US Canada border and then and he uh plays a McLean says and um uh, plays a Russian roulette with the rocket launcher with uh have yeah. you guys ever seen that? Yeah I've seen you that. Guys never seen that he's not in yeah. Quebec he's I think he's back in Germany. He's a he's uh, interesting. Okay. But, oh that's what it, that's what it is. Yeah you're yeah. right. Because like what could save your life? Yeah, a flak jacket. Yeah, interesting. Okay, I'm, I'm again. I'm due. The four and five are fresher in my mind because they're the most they're recent newer one. films. Um, yeah, I remember liking the three, but I'm almost basing it on just a, that's also set at Christmas too, but just not the, explicit. The, the third one, because like you remember like when uh no 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 no, after, no no it's no, it's no it is it is because like. You gotta remember, like I know, like it, it's not uh, 
it's not doesn't look like Christmas, but there's a scene where like he steals the bike from the kid, and the kid's like, "It's Christmas Eve." Everyone, everyone's trying to steal gold from somewhere, and then he realizes that, and that's when. Oh, but that's a, that's a reference because there's because it's a heat wave. It, it's not Christmas. Oh right, okay, fine, that's right. <laughs> I, I, there's a Christmas reference, but it's not <laughs> Christmas. It's another, another, thing I, another thing I like about Die Hard with the Vengeance is uh is this scene at the Central Park where they're trying to fuse the bomb with the water jugs. Oh, I love that. I love that. I, I mean, me, that, yeah. me taking a lot of math classes as a mm. teen and high school, like, I remember solving that problem so many times. And, ah. and some of my friends didn't understand it. And I remember explaining that riddle to them, like, you know, like, mm. you know, me being the math nerd that I am. I was like, you know, you got to fill it up. You can't just, like, halfway. You got to... Oh, I... <laughs> I would have blown up. I would have done it with, like McFlakes. Let's let's put half of it and just like wing it. Oh, mm. I would have lots of. But it's a great New York picture because yeah. uh, you can actually mm. go to that park. The, the fountain was a prop, but you can go to that park. Uh, obviously, you can go to uh, Wall Street. There's a yeah. lot of location. Like next time we go oh, back, yeah. I need we need. And you know, seriously, next time we go back. Die Hard with the Vengeance. You need to come with us, Jason. Well, well, it's 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 not tomorrow, obviously, but it's uh, it's something we should do. Die Hard, Die Hard with the Vengeance locations. Mm. Well, I'll take and I'll take you to the Joker stairs too. There's which I've been. There's you know I've never been to the Bronx either, uh, but there's a few. Yeah, that's 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 what I thought too. Because I've you know Manhattan, I'm starting to know pretty much pretty well, uh, but the other boroughs are completely. Alien to me, um, but that's Die Hard three. Unless uh, I don't remember it enough to really have much to add. Yeah, much I'm sort of I wanted to go through it just because you know we're talking about Die Hard, yeah, but I mean, oh, it's the one where you, there's like a giant tidal wave in the tun- tunnel. That I remember. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was a little weird. That's <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. Right. It's not a perfect movie. No, it's not. But I mean, it's, it's not, but it's it's better. It's much better than the Die Harder second one. Yeah, it's, mm. it's it feels like it, it, because McTiernan is back, it feels more in tone with sort of the uh, the beats of the first movie. Like the characterization is a little bit uh, better, and the villains are a little bit not as creepy. Mm. Mm. Oh, you know what? I remember why I thought uh, Yann de Bont did Die Hard too. It's because he shot Die Hard. Yeah, that's why I had. Oh, Yann that's one thing. Oh, I, did he? Yeah, yeah he oh, did. Yeah. One thing I want to bring is the. Uh, a copious amount of lens flare and it's one of the first I believe it's one of the first movies that because uh, y- usually you don't want to have especially for, uh, at that time you didn't want to have a lens flare because it's sort of it's, it was seen like a defect something they, they put filters and mm. McTiernan says you know forget about it there's lens flares when it's just like it's it was part of his conception of and I, I just love those lens flare it's it's not like jj mm. abrams where he's purposely shining a light in, in the camera just to create lens flare where there are none it's just if there's a helicopter drive passing by and there's a few lens posts and creates a lens flare so be it mm-hmm. oh, oh we'll avec. it's just gloriously beautiful lens flare that today it's become almost a cliche i feel for cinematography mm. like i but sometimes I'm like, oh, it's, it's, can you leave me a, me alone with your stupid lens flare? Well, McTiernan does it in that film, and it's just beautiful. Well, McTiernan and, and, and the Bond. The Bond, yeah. Bond, yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Exactly. I, I, and then, very nice looking movie. 
killed a helicopter with a car. How's that a bullet? Russo, check in. Hold on a minute. Looks like he's coming around. Yes, I thought I did it. Hang on. Officer McLean, I need you to behave. Daddy. What are you gonna do? I'm gonna go kill this guy and get my daughter. I'll go get my daughter and kill this guy. Or kill all of them. Hey, you big shit! Did you want to say something? Bring a cop into my command center. <laughs> command center. It's a basement. Who is this man? So a dire yeah, four. I mean, that's all I have. That's all I have for the sequels, pretty much. I mean, and then in Live Free or Die Hard, uh, Timothy Olyphant's the villain, and mm. I just remember Maggie Q was really hot in that movie. That's all. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, you you get me at Maggie Q is very hot. Yeah, but doesn't she have like a weird? Dead. I feel like there's a moment where I'm like, why is this bitch not dead yet? Like, oh, it's, 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 uh, it's the guy f that made the Underworld movie, so everyone is uh, a ninja, vampire, werewolf. Like, there's maybe. Yeah. What was that? What's that director's name? He, I mean, I like, I enjoy that film, but like all those uh, other Len, movies, Len Wiseman. Len, Len Wiseman. Yep, that's right. Yeah, there's not much. Uh, I mean, the, the the relationship between McLean and the the, the Wiz kid is okay, I guess. Um, the, um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is she's, she's right. a good actress. I like so. her. I like her in the movie. And you said she's she was in uh, what is it, Harley Quinn, which I didn't know until re until you told me that, right? Yeah, she's, and she's uh, actually really good the, in that the movie Huntress. Too. Yeah, no, she yeah. she's a good actress. She never mm. like became. A big star, and nobody's going to see a Mary Elizabeth Winstead movie. But she's mm. she's a working actress, and she should have a bigger career than she does. Mm. Oh yeah, there's a lot of people like I mean, yeah, because I enjoyed her as Huntress, and yeah, and she's... then I'd say uh, two thousand because the film came out two thousand seven, like when I graduated high school. Is uh, I thought, and when you know, enter college is, and being the engineer that I am, I thought that movie was like a very good precursor or like was ahead of its time in turn in trying to portray like the cyber terrorism that was very mm. prevalent because like it's it's much more prevalent it's much more accessible now but like that movie yeah. showed like the dangers of what yeah. could happen really yeah, well yeah it was so that's the big plot there where what the hell are they trying to do in that movie just they're trying, trying to steal money okay again <laughs> all right but it, but again, we're getting further away from the core. What made Die Hard so special? Because now they're going across the United. Well, a few Baltimore states. Baltimore, Philadelphia. Yeah, exactly. Baltimore, still, we're, we're you know the most unbelievable moment in the first Die Hard is when John McLean uses uses a fire hose to escape a crashing helicopter. Hmm. 
than die or die for it's when he's literally jumping on a fighter plane and oh yeah f-35 yeah, yeah. It's just i don't even remember what happens but the, i think no, the plane I, remember, expl- I thought that was i, I like that scene so. yeah but you know when you compare it to the where you started and when you are now there, there are some steps that you know the, es- the escalation of super extreme reality is hmm. you know we're not in Ireland we're, we're in uh, DC superhero Marvel uh, I mean th- it's also it was kind of like the trends of the 2000s action films it's like before Michael B- it's like right at uh, it is. I remember I saw that that movie on the same thing I saw the first Transformer, and I just remember he kills an helicopter with a car. Like yeah, it's a yeah, line yeah. from the movie. You, you know kill, what? Honestly, the sniper jumps out of the helicopter on top of that too. Ugh. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I I was thinking of revisiting the movies. No, 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 no. I don't no, really no. feel like it anymore. I, no, I, like, I, I've, you know, my I have the, the first four on Blu-ray. And the fourth film has yet to touch the inside of my Blu-ray player. I've uh, like it's not as bad as five. It, that's, that's the one thing. Five redeems four be by sucking more than four, but it doesn't make four that no. much better. No, no. And uh, I, I, I mean, I'm being biased because you know. But oh, you know, I, oh, it's fine. But I just from a per, I, I don't I don't have good memories of two. You two remember it better than me, and you're both saying it's not that good. I, I don't remember three very much, although I remember liking it, so maybe I'll give number three a rewatch. Number two, I, I'd vouch for it, but you watch three before two. If two, you'll get, you know, it's sequelitis, so it's a little like Ghostbusters to a lot of the things that mm-hmm. it's, it's the, the beats are back, but you know what? It's it's speak, so there's a few jokes yeah. that I like. It's hard to say because I saw them so long ago. And number five, which is the one we haven't really gotten into yet. Oh, I, never even saw, I never even saw number five. <laughs> number five. American? Yeah, New York. Are you a cop? Yeah. Welcome to Moscow. <laughs> It's a little bit. Uh... It ends. I, mean, I at... also don't like. I also don't like Jai Courtney at all as an actor. I I like him in Suicide Squad. I I yeah. as yeah, Captain I, I Boomerang when playing the crazy man. Right. But every time he plays stoic hero, he sucks. He's in Terminator, uh, Salvation, yep. Redemption, Termination, no. whichever. One of those. Genesis. Genesis. I think. Yeah, Genesis. Sega. Uh, and you know the, the the only actor he isn't like eighties classic eighties action hero he uh, he hasn't made a movie with and uh, it's probably not by a lack of trying is Stallone and he mm. feels like he should have been a boxer in 
Creed or Creed 2. It's just like, he's sort of, like I said, he's great as Captain Boomerang, but I don't want to see, like, the the worst thing they could do is another Dyer where he takes over Bruce Willis. That's a movie I don't want to see. I don't think that movie's going to happen. I don't think that movie's going to happen. I mean, Bruce Willis is like sixty-five now. I mean, literally sixty-five now, like figuratively. Yeah, it's it's. I don't. I I know the. I've heard these stories of oh, there's a script that the writer, there's a script that the writer, Mike. Yeah, but that was before the sell to Disney, and Bruce Willis is, yes, Bruce Willis is difficult to, uh, nah, actor no. to work with. I don't think the. I think we've seen the last McLean. I mean, movie. I've, my friend, my, I was talking with my friend uh, Miles Patterson and of Movie Mouth Podcast and um. Mm. You know, like what what he we were saying is like Bruce Willis of '80s and '90s is much different than the Bruce Willis of today's because like mm-hmm. he's making all these like terrible like B movies. I heard that he's coming out with a movie called like some some horror movie where he shoots. It's a, he's making a horror zombie action film and okay. the movie just looks terrible. But that that's kind of like what yeah. sums up Bruce Willis's career. Like he remade uh Charles Bronson's uh what's that movie? A Dead um... Wish. I was shot here. Like, I'm curious because it's shot in Montreal, but... Yeah, uh, yep. that movie was terrible, and he's at the point where it's like, he needs a... No, he's at the Charles Bronson, Bronson phase of his career. He doesn't care anymore. Yeah. You know what he yeah. needs to do? He, he needs to get a phone call from Tarantino, I Tarantino. think. Yeah, uh, him and... I'd say uh, the two actors... I still wonder, like, because, like, Pulp Fiction was the film that really revitalized both Travolta and uh, Bruce Willis's career, and I wonder, like, they're at such a low point. Both of them are in mm. such low points of their career that would a Tarantino movie bring that back up to that level, or at least give them a nice uh, a jolt to want yeah. to act? Yeah, they yeah. feel like they show up, say these lines, and stand up. Um, and he, sometimes they they, they they stand up. Most of the time, it's like Steven Seagal is seated. He never gets up anymore. Um, they, they don't. like It's probably all the ways to double. And these days with CGI, you can probably put Bruce's, Bruce Willis' face on a, on a double and it's going to look seamless. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a bit of that, I feel, in the uh, whatever the fifth so that's called. But, uh, I mean, everything we just discussed, that makes me like live free or die hard more because like bruce willis looked like he was having fun and this is 2006 2007 when cgi wasn't as developed so he was doing a lot of the stunts mm. and it looked very mm. real i know like it's over the top action film but it was a very realistic film because he was doing it and now bruce willis is that comparing no. bruce willis making a zombie movie versus live free or die hard <laughs> live free or die hard is clearly the yeah. winner there and died five ends at Chernobyl and they have yeah. a gas that renders radioactivity non radioactive oh, yeah. and they I fall know. into a pool it says oh and Bruce Willis's son I'm not gonna call him John John McLean Bruce Willis's son in the movie says oh don't worry it's rainwater but you know rain comes from the atmosphere the clouds and they're on top it gets radioactive water mm. like the die hard six is he's being killed by chemo i guess so i yeah <laughs> i don't uh i sort of felt just numb walking out of that i'm just like i don't understand i saw it twice 
I saw it zero. Mind you, I I, uh, I saw it one time for for you, for the both of you. Yeah, exactly. I I I did get laid after watching that movie. Okay, so it was good for some. It was yeah. It had the only plus value of that movie. (laughs) Your your girl uh, was like, you know, it's I can either get excited about Bruce Willis or this guy. She made. I'm going to assume she made the right choice. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, that's... Uh, and it didn't feel like... I, we don't... I mean, especially since you haven't even seen the movie, Jason, we don't need to diddly-dally too much on number five. But it didn't feel like John McClane anymore. And it's just like, what's the point anymore? Other than, you know, nobody in any future podcast or blog or tweet or Facebook comment ever again needs to put to make money. Yes, we know that's the obvious answer. Beyond that, you know, like thank you, Captain Obvious, but what's the point? <laughs> like, why no, are we doing it's, this? It's, 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 it's creatively bankrupt. It's kind of spitting on the legacy of the first one. It's just, mm. it, it's, it's, it's like making a sequel to Citizen King. It, it's, it's. I'm I'm oh. it's I'm saying something big, but it's just like the first one. The first night it's very important to culture, to mm. f- action films, mm-hmm. to cinema, and Dired Five is um, the equivalent. Like when a franchise goes on too long, and it's it's like the later Chucky movies where they they become straight to DVD or straight to mm. streaming. Right. It's at that level with Dired Five. It shouldn't exist. It shouldn't. This shouldn't have has been a, in theaters. It has a 13% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's what I remember. I just, it, it earned it. It earned it. Earned it. it. Yeah, earned <laughs> it's not very good. Again, it's and I only saw that one once, and uh, I didn't. I never see to see it again. It's it's I'm good, but uh, round it back to uh, to the original Die Hard. Speaking of endings, I do like that shot near the end of Die Hard where uh, you know things are blowing up. Oh, actually, you know what? There's a great little moment before McLean and Gruber are reunited with the standoff. I like when the helicopter has crashed through, fires everywhere. <laughs> McLean gets out of the pool or the pool or the, uh, fountain? the fountain. No, the fountain. Yeah, fountain. And what the hell gets hit? Does, is it a tree that gets hit or a lamp that gets hit? And there's a, it's an overhead shot, sort of an overhead shot, that's watching McLean go up the stairs towards the audience, and something hits like a Christmas tree, and McLean, I guess he's so freaking stressed out, he turns around with his gun, but it's just the tree. It's those little mm-hmm. moments right there that, again, we, were, we talked earlier in this episode about the believability, but the believability can be communicated in little brief moments oh, like that. It's, he's oh, yeah. so exhausted, but like he's covered in sweat, blood, and dirt. Dust. He's yeah. just like, hi, honey. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, it's so weird that he, everyone's looking at him like, oh my mm. God, he's just... Mm beat your shit sorry pg-13 episode uh, uh it's just great movie oh god takes a licking but keeps on ticking right? yeah it takes a hell of a licking in that movie yeah it's uh, i i yeah, i mean you did your pain face uh earlier jason about the the but yeah watching it again last night that moment when he's mm. when we cut to another sort of overhead shot he's dragging himself into the um bathroom and just, just his feet are gushing there's there's a, a waterfall of oh, blood no, he's, leaving. He's, 
He's probably oh get dizzy because of all the blood loss. He's dehydrated. He's blood loss, dehydrated, battered and bruised, uh, getting and, shot at him. And he still hasn't fought Carl. He fights Carl with all those injuries. Mm. Plus, yeah. he gets a bullet in the shoulder. He does get a bullet yeah. in the shoulder. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. No, I mean, God bless John McClane. Oh, and me. Carl, when he shows up, I'm, I... I, I I just love, you know, we got a cameo by James Orner when uh, Powell shoots Carl because the music is not from uh, Cam and it's actually James Orner, a track from Star Trek 2. So it's, if it sounds like Kirk and Khan are fighting in the nebula, uh, it's because it's exactly that. It's like... Uh. Great shot, by the way. The, you're looking at the pistol, oh, yeah. and Pow is out of focus, and then it focuses. That's it's very good, uh, very well done there. It's a damn well directed movie. <laughs> Thanks, thank you, Captain Obvious. <laughs> but, uh, thank you, John McTiernan. Yeah, uh, McTiernan. No, Please John, come back. Yeah, he's. I mean, what do we got? Die Hard. We got Predator. We have Hunt for Red October. Thomas, Thomas, Thomas Crown Affair. I mean, that, those four movies alone. I'll, I'll, like, I'll put basic on top, of, like. Is, oh, I, I need to see it though. I need to see it. I, I feel like his only real clunker is Rollerball. That's the only movie of his that I've only watched once. I didn't enjoy, and I've never returned. Basic, I enjoy so much because it, it, it's it's a reunion between with uh, Samuel Jackson mm. and uh, John Travolta. Mm. Uh, and it, John Travolta is good in the movie. It's a, sort of a detective tale. Mm. I interesting. Yeah, there's the the female lead is um, Queen Hippolyta in uh, Wonder Woman, and I I like her oh, in the relationship. Right. Yeah, it's, oh, it is her. Yeah, you're right. I know. I I really like. I I truly love that movie, and it's a fun I mean, I, yeah, mystery remember, film. I, I'll give it a whirl. I remember I'll the reviews were were kind of mixed, but I remember watching it. I was like, this is not a bad movie at all. And then when we compare that to Rollerball, I was like, man, this movie's like Godfather compared to Rollerball. Yeah. Well, is, is Rollerball Basically, really a John McTiernan movie, or is it just one of those like I need to make some money? What can I do? And the studio said, "Make this remake of Rollerball." I don't know, is man. It, is he, it a John McTiernan he, movie? Well, it is because you know he went to jail because of that movie. So yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, at one point, he was very protect, protective of that movie because he, yeah. he he spied on the producer with a private detective, hmm. lied to the FBI about it, and went to jail because of it yeah. and, and it, it ruined his career he's broke because of that and it's a shame because yeah, it so. it was not worth it john I was, I you're was, better than that mm. no it's a good point it's a good point i i tend to lump uh l l roller roller ball that's what it's called roller ball roller ball i tend to and there's i feel like there is something missing from the 90s there's a movie in between dire and Thomas Cronenberg. Yeah, oh, or either Die Hard with a Vengeance. No, but Die Hard and Vengeance and Tom, like it feels. Why, like, why are we forgetting Die Hard with a Vengeance? Didn't do. <laughs> did, did he do Medicine Man or is that uh, Martin Campbell? I don't think he did Medicine. I don't think. He, I don't think either of them did Medicine Man. I don't remember who did. Medicine I really don't. Man. I see Medicine Man. I have not actually. That's one of those ones that uh, I gotta get on. Let's see, Mick, John McTiernan, filmmaker. Uh, let's see, what does he do? Live Googling. So Die Hard. 69. Last, last Action Hero. Uh, that's one. Oh, the, he did. That's what he did. That's another one. Like, uh, he has so many good movies to, to, to his pedigree that I'm like, oh, why? Oh, he did do Medicine Man, apparently. The 13th Warrior. That's also a good movie. Like, yeah, I that's a, with Anthony, Anthony, Antonio Banderas. Yeah. That's, that's uh, 
Oh, I was right. He did medicine, yeah, did, man. man. You were right, that's... man. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I got that wrong, but yeah, I enjoyed Last Action Hero as I mentioned earlier in this episode. There's a Robin Hood movie Warrior. that he did, but it's not the Kevin Costner. So you mean so ninety percent of his movies are very good, and then <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rollerball. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I guess Rollerball is sort of his. Um, what's the oh, we're thing? the duck. No. It's the crystal skull. It's the crystal skull of his career. Yeah, I was more thinking of uh, sort of another kind of journeyman, but actually a really, really good director, Martin Campbell. His uh, what's the one? But it's not really a Martin Campbell Legend, movie. Le- uh, Green Lantern. Lantern. Green, yeah, Green Lantern. That's sort of like, but it's not. I really, like Green Lantern. Yeah. Oh, you, I thought you didn't like it. It's. Uh, we'll get there when we get there. Martin uh, yeah, Campbell detour. Another Martin Campbell. Yeah. Oh, we got a no. No, we have other Martin Campbell movies. There, there are better movies. Like I, uh, I, mean, I can't fight for it much, but it's not as bad. As yeah. But uh, do we have any other uh, lasting impressions about uh, about uh, Die Hard? Uh, the, the what's it called? Crystal Trap. The Crystal Trap. Le Piège de Cristal. You know, the sequel is actually called Piège de Cristal 2. 58 minutes pour vivre in French and the book that it's taken because it's an adaptation of, of another book called 58 minutes Okay, because that's the time that the guy has mm. until the plane carrying his daughter crashes it's, it's his daughter not his wife in the, the book version of Die Hard 2 <laughs> oh you know what there's um, it's funny you bring that up um, maybe obviously if you guys have other points by all means but one of the things I totally forgot is and I believe with the exception of the fifth one. And I think this applies to the fourth one. I think so. Oh, the fourth one's an article. Right. Every single, with the exception of the fifth one, yeah. every single Die Hard is inspired by book, article, what have you, that was not a Die Hard, but they, they, they morphed into a Die Hard movie. That's, that's interesting. Even the... The third one, I think, was a script called it's, Simon Says, yes, and they said, oh, why don't we just make this the third Die Hard Actually, movie? the third one was supposed to be a movie called Simon Says, starring one actor called Brandon Lee. Mm. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, well. oh, there you go. Nah. There you go. I'm, 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 I'm not joking. I'm not I didn't jo- know that. That's, a, that's an interesting fact. I only found out today, actually, mm. I did. Hmm. This morning, oh, that's, that's so I didn't tragic. know about the Brandon Lee part. I didn't know about the Brandon Lee part. That's yeah, so we're saying uh, Jeremy Irons made die hard and lion king in the same year of 1995 what a good glorious year. good year for him well good year for bond fans good year for him oh and uh, alan rickman in like i know it gets a bad rep but i love that movie and prince of thieves uh, oh god and in french like i, I keep bringing but the guy not the because there's two dubs there's the quebecois dub and the f- french dub from france the mm-hmm. quebecois dub the, the actor for some reason, the voice and the he's, he usually dubs Jack, uh, Jack Nicholson, but he, he's Alan Rickman and he sounds like a drunk when he <laughs> says uh, "canceled Christmas." Is it's constantly He sounds like a mean drunk. It's beautiful. <laughs> so to me, Alan Rickman is a drunk, a drunkard. <laughs> Robin, it makes the movie better. Like I love. Prince of Tees. It never yeah. bothered me because I I know Kevin Costner's accent mm. gets a lot of yeah. flack, and when you listen to the with the audio, the, the original audio, it's 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 truly distracting. So, I mean, Prince of Thieves made its money, so there's no it's a uh, no problem there. And uh, compared to the recent Robin Hoods, one by Taron Egerton and one by Russell Crowe, that movie is like a 
a classic compared to the two garbage remakes or sequels that came out after that. But I'm, I'm worried. And it has about... Sean Connery cameo at the end. That's true. I, I do like that cameo. Playing King Richard. Um, King I'm... Richard the Lionheart. I'm very worried about Prince of Thebes, and and I'll tell you guys why. Because I I have fond memories of it, but I keep hearing these things. Where I'm like, am I gonna sit down fun. and watch it and go like, you know, oh, it's not we'll as good watch, as I remember. we'll watch it together. I'll, I'll, uh, we'll bring 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 some beers and uh, well, yeah, watch it with Matthew. Yeah, I'd say that. No, I mean, you, you'll get, I, get a whole. And we'll watch it in French, so that you get the the full Matthew Clay experience. Ex- but experience, it, but is it? I, because I, I remember it being good, like good, good, and I'm. But no, I it's good, good. It's just it, it is good, good. It, it is good, good. There's fun action sequence, fun characters. The only and Alan Rickman is brilliant. The, the thing yeah. is that it's kind of like Batman '89. The villain's more interesting than the hero. Okay, right, right. But I it's mean, you also have Alan Rickman as a villain again. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, and Morgan Freeman. And he he, oh, he plays with this real British accent, if I remember right. It's been a while. It's, I haven't seen this movie in ten years. Uh, I just I, I only watch it in French. I own one of those first run DVDs that, with the the snap case because yeah. it's the only existing copy that has the Quebecois dub. Every other version has the dub from France, which I loathe. It's and it's you have to turn it over because they couldn't. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah flipper, I know. flipper discs. Yeah, it's a flipper disc, flipper, and yeah. it's not that like it's two hour and some change, but they turned it into a flipper disc. But uh, anything else about that? We're talking I'm about. Beat. Yeah, Die Hard Five and Prince of Thieves and Kitty Quam. I'm like, wait a minute, what's? <laughs> Do we have anything left about uh, Die Hard eighty eight? Yeah. Left. I, I'm I'm done. Oh, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I've said everything in my notes. Please don't remake this. Well, that's my final yeah, thought. Never Please never, don't threaten the remake. There was a th- don't, a, a, no, no, no. I have a better one up. Please, I've heard a rumor. Please don't make a prequel on John McClane. I heard that too. And I've please heard, don't do that, please. I, I heard no more diaries. I heard that's the script of the six. It, it's yeah, it's yeah. it. I heard that it, he's in jail and he's having flashback to when he was younger. And there's another actor playing John McClane. Well, mm. the old McLean's in jail. I don't want to see that movie. I don't, I don't want to see, see that either. I don't want to see his son take over. There was a rumor going around, I think, a year or two ago, Chris Evans as John McLean in the remake. I'm like, Chris Evans, you're better than that. Make your own diary clone if you want. But Chris don't. Evans is also older than when John McLean. Yeah. Mm. But you know what? He has films. bigger biceps than Bruce Willis well, ever even- has. But that makes the movie even less interesting cause, yeah. because, like yeah. I said, it, because he's not a jacked action hero, that's what made the uh, three first really good. Yeah. Yeah. I fully agree. I don't want to see, I don't want to see any anyone else playing John McLean. I don't want to see John McLean again. I just want my the, my original, and that's it. Like I, I'm just done. Leave it as it's. Yeah, yeah, no, I've I've definitely uh, maybe I, the the third one, and that's it. I'm the one that invited us to do some a drive by for the franchise and. <laughs> Whilst doing the the drive by, I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm gonna revisit them. I'm just gonna rewatch the first one. Uh, but uh, the third one is worth the watch. It's yeah, third third one's good. Yeah, maybe one day, which means 2064. <laughs> After No Time to Die comes out, so <laughs> I got I got time. That, that's a good that's a good answer. That's uh, what I'm gonna say from now on. If I don't, if I want to procrastinate something after no yeah, time. Yeah, we're not we're not saying no. We're not we're not saying no. 
just after something that won't happen for a long time, you know. We'll uh, we'll let this this we'll let this thing that we don't know when will happen happen. Then we'll do the other thing we've promised to do. <laughs> aren't, aren't you getting a message on your cell phone? Uh, yeah, I know. I'm being very hypocritical because I've told you to not. Uh, and here I yeah, go. Uh, I remember that. So that's Emery, but that's not what he wants to text message. Oh, it's a. Um, it, how the hell did this guy get my number? It's M White. Did you give? Did you give him? My uh, number? No. Uh, I've seen that look before. Oh, it's... Uh, M. White says, um, do we have people everywhere? You're actually going to your messages. That's I am going beautiful. to my messages, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a method actor. Oh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a method actor. Kind of like Alan Rickman. Exactly. Like he really fell from the uh, 36th floor. Uh, it's what is it? it's my understanding that obviously they dropped him on two yeah and he wasn't expecting it when they <laughs> no, dropped it's him shows, so it's, it's, like, it's so beautiful it, this reaction a, is it's it's pure it's a pure moment of cinema <laughs> uh, we are everywhere we are everywhere uh, www.thejamesbondcomplex.com which is also the uh, shadow tumblr account um, we have uh, the Facebook page. Search for the James Bond Complex. We're on Twitter at the Bond Complex. That's my baby, your baby's Instagram at the James Bond Complex. Uh, we're on YouTube. We're, we're slowly but sure. This time for real, we actually have stuff in the bag that needs to be edited, but there's stuff in the bag. It's not for tomorrow, but it's it's going to be done. Yeah. Uh, so uh, search for the James Bond Complex. Subscribe and tickle us with the thumbs up button. We're hosted at Anchor.fm. Thank you always for their free services. Uh, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Pod, uh, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Search for the James Bond Complex. Subscribe, write a review, and leave a five-star glowing golden gun review. Um, Jason, please remind the listeners, as if they didn't know already, uh, where can you be found online? I can be found on Instagram at jasxon88 with a logo brilliantly designed by oh, our own. That's true. It's the first episode we recorded after I finished that. That's true. A very good logo. Very befitting of, of Jason, the international man. I'm, I'm happy that you liked it. I did. I really love it. And so does everybody who follows me. <laughs> Yet your legion of, of, of followers. It's uh, growing. It's growing. It's, it's, getting, it's getting interesting. Uh, I'm also on on, on uh What's the stupid uh, Instagram? Uh, Edgar Chapu S O S. That's what it is, right? And I'm also on Instagram at Matt O'Claire with two T's, double O seven. How original! Very creative. <laughs> and just as the James Bond complex, I've, I've, we've done our McLean drive-by, so McLean might not be back, but James Bond will be back. Yeah. And so no, McTiernan might, might come back too. McTiernan might come back. That's true. That's true. What could we do? We could do Predator. Predator. Uh, is there anyone well, else? Uh, basic. You keep vouching for basic. We could do a basic. We could do Last Action Hero. Charles Dance. That's the Bond connection. Oh, that's uh, not bad. That's last not Action bad. Hero has, with the rules, Last Action Hero w- works. Look, we're, we've already... Charles, we, we've already, we got Charles Dance. Charles Dance. And, and look, we've already done a director detour with Mask of Zorro. So we've already True. started flirting with... True, and I think he, he he has a pedigree that's, you know, we also said that the rules we establish are malleable. We mm. can alter them, but it's just to, to avoid uh, another Vori's debacle. Debacle. <laughs> Not debacle, experiment. The, 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 the content of the episode is perfect. 
it's a good episode. It's yeah. a good episode, a not, not for the James Bond. Yeah, audience. exactly. That's the thing. The problem is, it's in a James Bond complex feed, and I think nobody gave a shit. Yeah, but I think um, McTiernan uh, has a pedigree that would appeal to uh, the James Bond fans. I think so. Yeah, we already so, did. I mean, the- both both McTiernan and Edgar Wright have two, directed two Bond actors. That's true. We could do we we could do a couple Edgar Wright films. We could do a couple Edgar Wright films. We could do Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz. I mean, there's, there's a Timothy Dalton. World's End. And, and let's Why go. did oh it's the Rocketeer? But yeah, Hot Fuzz is a, yeah. a, a, it's a would great be, Dalton detour. The it's a great. fantastic Dalton detour. And then uh, and then let's hope that the, the next Edgar Wright movie, Last Night in Soho, will have George Lazenby so he can hit. So Edgar Wright can hit the hat trick of Bond actors. Okay, so okay now George, he did that Instagram post. Is that because he just knew Diana Rigg and 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 Margaret Nolan, or was there a hint that he's in the movie? I'm not clear on that. So no, so he already directed like fully finished, no editing, with a uh, what is it? Edgar Wright made a movie, finished the film with both uh, Margaret Nolan and Diana Rigg. Diana Rigg playing a like one of the main characters in that film. And then while he was filming, he met George Lazenby at a London theater during the Dr. No James Bond global, global James mm. Bond day last year, October 5th, 2019. And then George Lazenby posted, Hey, uh, I heard you directed the other fellas. Why don't you go for the hat trick? Edgar and, and Edgar was still fil- Edgar Wright was still filming, so that's the hint that he oh, may have a cameo. He's gotta that's be a- in the movie for twenty seconds. Twenty seconds. He's gotta be in the just movie. Yeah, he's gotta be a movie. Yeah. I because mean, like, he wasn't finished the film. He was like he was like eighty percent done, and then you know like he was still filming. So like, and it was and he filmed in London because it's called Last Night in Soho. Yeah. So he's probably like, hey George, come and just do this twenty seconds. You know what? Cameo. He's a voice on a telephone. It, I don't know. It could be our our, our Lazenby detour. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, we've looked at his catalog and, oh boy, there's not... Mm. No, there's a little giallo he did in the 70s. He, he's in one of those uh, later Emmanuel sequels, and those are not PG or mm. even good movies. Um, well, let's, just, let's just hope Lazenby's in this Edgar Wright film. That's yeah. all I want. Um, it's uh, so just as James Bond always returns, uh, so too with the James Bond complex. Uh, sur ce, merci. Toujours un plaisir. À la prochaine. Ho, ho, ho. Hasta la próxima. Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. It's a goddamn Bruce Willis movie. So a yippee kaye to all of you mother. Good night. Do 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 do